Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Making the Invisible Visible, an Intelligo Technologies podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. We appreciate you listening along to some broader industry thought leadership on UVC technologies, implementations, and innovations happening in sanitization and broader facilities environments. So joining us today from Phone Soap, the UVC-based phone disinfection technology company, are our two guests. First up, we have Wesley Laporte, co-founder and CEO of Phone Soap. Wesley, great to have you on. Real pleasure. How are you doing? Doing great. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you again for your time. It's uh, really a pleasure. And we're also joined today by Jared Elliott. He's Director of Global Sales with Phone Soap. Jared, great to have you on as well. How are you? Uh, great. And and we're uh, certainly thankful for the opportunity to be on with you both today. What were some of your strategies for how you educated consumers that their phones are, are gross, right? Because I know that as a layman, uh, I have definitely heard that the phone is the dirtiest thing we interact with on a daily basis. Uh, that's what showed up in your research as well, Wes. And so, um, you know, I'm curious in that education process, how you also work to connect the dots between how consumers typically clean their phones and then how UVC tech compares in effectiveness and ease of use. So yeah, give us your strategy there. Yeah. So, I mean, the question is like, why should I care? You know, and, um, and that is a good question. Hand hygiene and phone hygiene are obviously, uh, inseparably connected. You know, you don't, um, you don't use your phone without your hands. And so, um, you know, if you're a person, you know, it's really people that, you know, have a habit of washing their hands and understand the importance of washing their hands. Um, you know, those are the people that are interested in, in phone soap because it's an extension of that. And so, um, you know, it's that, it's that education. I think that the CDC has done a good job, uh, you know, public health initiatives over the years, uh, in, um, you know, the public knows now and, and understands that, you know, disease is transmitted, uh, you know, to you through your hands, primarily, uh, your hands touching your face, nose, eyes, ears. Um, and so, you know, people understand, hey, I need to wash my, my hands. Um, you know, I can't, they can't be perfectly clean all the time. And they don't need to be because you have an immune system. Um, but reducing the amount of bio burden that you're exposing yourself to does help your body and we we actually learned that um you know in a big way during you know during 2020 with covid where you know some great studies um were done that kind of showed that the severity of of the infection um you know was related to the amount of virus you were exposed to and I'll just add what we've seen over the last year is um, we've moved into very much a contactless, touchless world. And all that does is translate into more and more people are using this, as Wes said, right, that third hand that they rarely clean. And if we have moved into a contactless and increasingly touchless world guided by devices like this and, and shared use items in general, is we move into the land of unintended consequences, right? If somebody was used to washing their hands or sanitizing their hands with alcohol-based rubs at a certain cadence, it's just time to start adding the disinfection 
in a consistent manner that a machine like ours provides to that cadence. And so that's what we've seen this last year is even people that say had a phone. So maybe they got as a gift, right. For a holiday or something that they've now reported to us. And it's, it's not only fun, but it just, it, it helps support the mission that we're after that was chartered by Weston Dan is to, um, is that they're now using those things on a daily basis, right? At some cadence, but they're at least doing something um, to diminish that pathogen burden that is ever increasing day to day. And, and so that's where the awareness of these types of things has really emerged in COVID. And so the goal is to, how do we then become ubiquitous, right? Where people throughout all different um, areas of the world have now added the disinfection of their cell phone, their iPad, tablet, shared use items on a daily basis. And that's really part of the mission that we're on. We like to say UVC, if done in the right dose, is is somewhat undefeated, right? When you talk about medications, antibiotics, things like that, right? There's resistance that's been generated. And assuming UV is structured the right way and as Wes shared, and then it's, um, you know, directed with its intensity or time and ultimately dose at certain pathogens of all types, then it can be very effective. And the key is that the UVC light has to be able to see that surface, right? It has to interact with that pathogen in their nucleic acid, as, as Wes said. And that's why the products that, that frankly, he and then the engineering de- uh, team has designed are, are met with purpose. And everything we do is met with purpose to make sure that the consumer or the professional, as he referenced in healthcare, is getting a consistent dose throughout all surfaces of the device. Because when you talk about even the smallest dose of a pathogen, right, depending on the individual, it can potentially wreak havoc in their bodies in the way their body responds to that pathogen burden. So while we're never going to be able to eliminate all of it, all of it, right, there's there's UVC devices are not meant to sterilize, right? We're it's more in the disinfection uh, realm when you're able to provide coverage of both bacteria and viruses. Um, and so having consistency and having it um, be on all sides of any device you're disinfecting is a hallmark of the brand that, that Wes and his cousin Dan have started. Could you also give our uh, audience some more insight into the design process behind phone soap and how that informs the entire development process of your now wider portfolio of products as well? Uh, go ahead and break that down for us and highlight any key areas that you think really uh, make phone soap's design process stand out and elevate the quality and efficacy of the product as well. So everything that Wes and the team has designed and frankly put into my team's hands is great because when you ask the, the question, Daniel, like about, okay, with the expense and things like that, um, it, it's either spend the money on a solution you believe in you need or don't spend the money at all, basically, because when you're, when you're spending $10, $20, $30 in these other items, some of them that do a great job of charging your phone wirelessly, but that's where it ends. If you really want UVC, that's why we're very indignant on the education and evaluate us just as hard as you would anyone else to make sure that if you if you desire to disinfect your mobile device and shared use items, knowing they are going to someone very healthy or someone very vulnerable, it's important to get what you are looking for, right? And get what you pay for. Um, so when you pay for the devices that cost a little bit more, you're getting the value and you're getting that in value, value over time with some of the other benefits of our products with the quality of bulbs, and bulb guarantees and things like that. So that's super critical in evaluating any UVC device. What is it gonna give me today? And what is the longevity of the product to actually do what the manufacturer says? I'm curious how dosimeters fit into the ecosystem of producing or validating 
phone soap. Uh, I know in commercial spaces, facility professionals have been uh, more actively using dosimeters to test their UVC disinfection workflows. In many spaces, including mission critical ones like healthcare, they've become an essential part of guaranteeing that these processes are done effectively and that with confidence, you know, patients can be brought back in for surgery or there can be critical, um, you know, other care operations done in these spaces. I'm curious if you've found any utility for dosimeters in validating the efficacy of your product, whether that's in the design process process, the testing process, or just elsewhere in the life cycle of bringing phone soap to market? Frankly, they're, they're very helpful to us uh, with the customer facing sales, um, you know, group, both U.S. and internationally for a couple of reasons. Um, as Wes stated earlier, we built the products to have some of these redundancies and some um, hints on the quality and efficacy of the product ongoing. I'll let Wes speak to those in a second. But from a pure visual, right, as the IntelliGo speaks to, you know, being able to see, right, that the UVC light is working, um, you know, we utilize these types of elements a lot between their, their dots and their cards to show that, hey, um, when you're evaluating the product, we can send you testing reports from third-party labs. We can send you clinical papers done by uh, reputable institutions. But we also add these as just that quick visual component to show that the device was effective on both consumer and our professional devices. Um, and so these were run in our professional device, our Express Pro uh, today for the purposes of this to just show that there is a nice visual indication and the other way we also use them is building on that story that I just shared is to show when we look at or people are evaluating some of the, I guess, quote unquote competitors is to show the inherent lack of efficacy and definitely lack of 360 degree disinfection that's needed and deserved with some of these other products. So we use them in both ways, but ultimately it's in the spirit of education to, to help show and understand the things you can't always see. So they increasingly are an, an integral part of even customers looking to do an evaluation um, where we will send them, you know, some of the dots or cards to just help us and add an implement. And now if we tie that back into that customer education component, since UV is, you know, inherently an invisible technology, right? You can't really, as a consumer, see, oh, yep, this worked, right? How do you assure the customer who's looking for not only that simple, but also effective process that something like phone soap is working, right? And then uh, other than, you know, the the design and, uh, you know, the intention around efficacy of the product, how do you set yourself apart in that simple, but but sort of like a effective communication? How do you set yourself apart from cheap or more ineffective knockoffs? What's your strategy there? So obviously, I mean, this is where dosimeters are really helpful because you can take a dosimeter and put it in our product versus another one and get a quick, you know, obvious comparison of the strength of our product versus the weakness of, of others out there. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up dosimeters there in your answer because I guess I'm I'm curious too if you could peer into the crystal ball a little bit as this technology, again, just being UVC disinfection as a tech and as a workflow, as this grows in popularity among consumers, is there an expectation or do you imagine there's going to be more of an expectation for dosimeters to be part of, you know, just like what comes with UVC? Oh, when I buy a UVC product, I know I get a little dosimeter tester to make sure this is actually working, right? Is this going to become that sort of standard for the UVC consumer side testing ecosystem? Uh, how do you see that playing out and what role do you hope phone soap plays in that validation? Yeah, I think that you're going to, it's going to be really the main way that people um, 
really the main way that people distinguish between something that's very effective and something that's, you know, maybe less effective. Because then people aren't going to go to a laboratory. They just want some, they just want to, they want to see, you know, um, something, something quick, something visual. And so as the space becomes more crowded, I think that, um, you know, consumers probably will rely more on, uh, you know, dosimeters to kind of filter out, um, you know, the wheat from the chaff. And I would agree. And I think you're seeing a lot of that on uh, the increased appetite for monitors of indoor air quality as well, right? Even in the home where people are trying to identify, okay, where did I start? And then where did the intervention leave me right after a period of time? And it'd be the same thing here with, with UVC. We would love it and we'd encourage it because once again, it's not an arrogance that we have on our products. It's just that we believe that these are products that should be ubiquitous, but the important nature of that in 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 having products in your home is that they do work and then when you talk about healthcare and you talk about professional spaces i mean we've got units in fitness centers um and and uh, you know other public facing areas arenas airports are looking at these types of things as well um but once again, uh, the trust in knowing that they work and they work ongoing. Uh, we've built a number of uh, aspects of our products that will alert somebody, say when a bulb is out via an app or, or something else, and then the dosimeters and the layering of those throughout professional and consumer devices we believe is important because it reinforces the utilization of UVC over time and continues to make sure that the efficacy that they need from day one to day, you know, 375 is still there. So we welcome it because it will, as Wes said, start to separate the people that should be in the game and those that should just go focus on something else. What impact would you say that the pandemic had on customer awareness of UVC? You know, in the intro, I connected the dots a little bit on how COVID accelerated or validated UVC as a necessary and useful investment in commercial spaces where there are a lot of resources and big strategies and plans to invest in, uh, you know, quality facilities, treatment technologies. Did that same trend manifest itself in the consumer electronics space and for consumers? Yes, no, why or why not? What did you see? So SARS-CoV-2, right? The virus that causes COVID wreaks havoc in our bodies, but from a surface perspective, right? It's a coronavirus. And so while these, there's been a lot of interventions focused on, on that, the that barrier to entry to be able to quote unquote kill SARS-CoV-2 is, is somewhat low. And so it's really important to remember about the, you know, salmonels and E. coli's and MRSA and C. diff and healthcare and the noroviruses of the world. And so keeping that bar high with any sort of disinfection intervention is super critical. And that's really where our devices are well equipped for um, the coronaviruses of the world, the influenzas, as well as the others. And then the other piece I will say is as we learn more about this virus and it's ongoing, just like we learn more about the vaccines and other things we have to combat it, is um, even this week, there was an, an article, I think it was done in Michigan, where the uh, the surface survival of SARS-CoV-2 in nursing homes was actually very high. And and, and so there, we're, we're starting to come a little bit full circle between knowing, yes, it is predominantly transmitted via air and aerosols, but it does reside on surfaces. And depending on who you are, right, and a vulnerable immune system, it can still potentially be a vector 
uh, to transmit via surfaces as well. And so our contention is uh, have just like the infection prevention Swiss cheese model, right? Have multiple interventions all layered so that when you limit your gaps, you're increasing the likelihood of protecting a child, someone's grandparent, or any of you know of us on the line today. And, uh, you know, I want to make sure to expand the scope here just a little bit too. Um, you know, I've been pitching phone soap as just a consumer electronics solution, but it does also have commercial or I guess more industry specific applications. Uh, I mean, I look at schools today, uh, the way that technology has become very one-to-one in the push to personalize and individualize education. Uh, you've got students wanting to um, do a lot of games and gamified learning on their phones or on tablets, uh, laptops, Chromebooks, right? How do you see phone soap fitting into those kinds of spaces and being an extension of making sure that our spaces where you know our children learn and grow and play are also kept safe and clean? So we, we've had a lot of, and we feel very lucky and we're grateful for the partnerships we have been able to form. Um, we have our interventions in a number of Head Start uh, locations nationally. Um, we've got kids that you mentioned Chromebooks, right? So, so my kids, I have a 10 year old and a seven year old. My, my 10 year old has a one to one Chromebook. And what's really great about it is it has now become, I guess, a tradition or policy, whichever is a little bit lighter as a parent, where when they do come home, they can, they can tent the Chromebook. And if it's very nicely in our home soap unit, and they can get that 360 disinfection. As a matter of fact, validated on using the Intelligo dosimeters as well. Um, you look at other commercial spaces where the Express Pro is more appropriate because maybe it's less about charging a device, but it's I just need a, a quick disinfection, ideally tied to a hand hygiene event. So these, as I said, are in are in fitness centers. Uh, we've been lucky enough to partner with Equinox nationally, where their trainers and staff and their patrons can can have a disinfection on. Uh, a, a trainer utilize iPad to guide somebody throughout their, you know, regimen. Um, you look at other uh, spaces within retail and the utilization of them as well. Um, people that need their devices fixed because they're broken, right? Um, the Ziploc bag has worked really well in NICUs, maybe for years as a potential intervention, but now NICUs in hospitals, right? Vulnerable, critical areas can now get consistent disinfection with our commercial Express Pro. So the nature of it is, just get started. I forget who said it, right? But but that phrase, not letting perfect get in the way of better, but just finding a consistent way to disinfect these shared use items in your settings is all that we want. Um, temperature scanners as well um, that people are utilizing, right? We're very clear on the utilization of UVC, hard non-porous items, um, and, and then validating anything else in your own setting. But what we can tell you is you can get a consistent dose and consistent uh, efficacy within our products in a lot of these spaces. And especially when it involves children, we're incredibly passionate about it. Um, I'm guilty of the iPhone, iPad babysitter, um, and we all are. And so anytime we're giving our kids some of these things as well, we wanna make sure it's disinfected before they get it, but certainly when they're finished, right? When they're slobbering and they're, you know, passing their germs on it as well. And so we're happy to be a part of the solution. So last couple things I want to toss y'all's way just to kind of lighten it up to 
end the episode. Uh, but Phone Soap has had some great sort of uh, high-profile pop culture validation. Uh, you were on Shark Tank, which is, you know, always a badge of honor to wear in the consumer electronics space. And as of recently, you were also on Oprah's list of 2021 favorite things, which I'm sure is going to, uh, you know, get consumers itching to get their hands on Phone Soap or on your wider array of products. So I'm curious uh, how you see this kind of, again, high profile kind of pop cultural validation of phone soap impacting sales, impacting how consumers see your device, right? What has been the net effect here? Years ago, there was some familiarity with Oprah and the brand um, with a partnership and then and they're really honored in that they reached out to us um, in remembering us and certainly timely, um, you know, with the launch of uh, our Surface Soap UV, uh, which is a wand that was the item, as you mentioned, Daniel, that was on Oprah's favorite things. And, I, and it, we're excited about that to get that in the hands of people as well to benefit from the consistency in that realm and the efficacy. And, and let alone, it just speaks to the trust that we've kind of alluded to throughout here is, is um, you know, we're one of eight tech products on Oprah's favorite things, right? With some big brands such as Bose and Amazon Echo and and others. And, and once again, it's just, it's, it's that additional, yeah, I, I mean, Oprah's not a scientist, right? But it's just that additional validation, right? On trusted brands and products that are timely and thoughtful and not just now, but really into perpetuity in, in having something like one of our interventions in their household, right? As a gift. And the other thing I will add on the, um, Kind of the fun and the validation is what's also great about our products is you can easily put your brand on them. And so we've done tons of that, whether it be corporate gifting, uh, partnered with LG on the launch of a phone last year. Um, you know, so think of your biggest social media companies, large corporations, that sort of thing, that when they're looking to socialize their brand and they want to gift an employee, a client, et cetera, we've been that trusted element as well, where we do tens and tens of thousands of those every year. So it, it, it it's an honor to us because some of these brands are, like I said, they're the biggest and the brightest in what they do. And they're coming to us wanting to partner to, to make someone's life a little bit better, at least in the area that we can control or have impact on. So um, we, we've had a lot of fun. I think credit to Wes and Dan really for leading the company is uh, a very fun brand as well, right? Uh, you know, I've had some campaigns, did some things in the New York City subway, but, but all of that lends to the most trusted brand, but also what we believe is, is certainly the most fun in the space as well. And I think on that note, we'll go ahead and wrap up the podcast with this last question. What do you see in store for phone soap, home soap, and the, the wider array of uh, you know, phone soap products in the UVC space and the consumer electronics space? Do you see any other trends kind of influencing the adoption of these technologies or further validating them? And how are you strategizing around what you're anticipating is going to come next for uh, UVC technology? on the UVC side, just some of these new markets that are a continuous expansion of the brand, but into new customers, new verticals. So, um, right. Uh, some of our units, namely our home soap are great for gaming controls. So when you look at, you know, an 18 to 25 year old may not be as interested in disinfecting their, their gaming controllers. Right. But 
you know, a, a friend or mom and dad or somebody is. Once again, consistency there. We're really excited about that in those additional use cases. I mentioned earlier the one-to-one Chromebook situation. So education, um, you know, we've only scratched the surface there. Um, and then other fun things, when I mentioned you could put logos on a unit licensing. So we we have a, a partnership for sports licensing already. You can find our products on fanatics.com. So that's great as well because you're taking, you know, our, uh, you know, leader in our product class and then adding it to something that has an additional fun element and branding, uh, things like that. And then really the commercial space with the Express Pro and some of those other offerings on the professional side continue to build on expansion there and then internationally as well. So people throughout the world, right, are increasing their use of these mobile uh, devices and shared use items. And so once again, they deserve and need the consistency that we provide in the U.S., in India and Asia and the Middle East and, and that sort of thing. And, and so having a, um, uh, you know, and there's an emerging uh, best practice in medical facilities as well on having something in place for the disinfection of mobile devices. We hope to lead in, in that realm as well and expect to, and, and we're, we are honored to uh, people reach out to us, right? To find new areas they're really excited. It might be that we have a product that exists today, or it might be that we need to work on the development of the next product led by Wes and team. And so we're excited for those partnerships as well. Thank you again to the two of you. It's really been a pleasure getting to chat and source your perspectives on uh, how you've been putting UBC technology to good work since 2011, uh, how recent validation and acceleration of these products has opened the doors for uh, you know new ways to get this in consumers and again, in commercial spaces hands. And I'm looking forward to chatting again soon. So we've been speaking with Jared Elliott, Director of Global Sales and Wesley Laporte, co-founder and CEO, both with Phone Soap. And folks, if uh, any of our audiences uh, out there want to get in touch with Phone Soap, they want to learn a little bit more about your product portfolio or source more of your thought leadership, how can they do so? Yeah, I mean, Wes and I can always be found on LinkedIn, of course, but the best way to get into Phone Soap, you could always go to our website. That's the best way to, of course, get the products right, interact with us in any way, uh, work through that. You can also, if you need to reach the sales department as a portal, sales at phonesoap.com, exactly how it sounds. And, and happy to interact with people in whatever form. You can chat on the website as well, but uh, those would definitely get people started in the right direction. Thank you again for your time, and uh, we'll chat again soon. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And thank you, everyone, for listening to and watching another episode of Making the Invisible Visible, an Intelligo Technologies podcast. If you like what you heard and saw today and you want some more Intelligo content uh, or you want to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes, make sure you're heading to our website, Intelligo-Technologies.com. Again, Intelligo dash technologies.com and subscribe to making the invisible visible on apple podcasts and spotify i'm your host daniel litwin the voice of b2b and we'll catch you on the very next episode